welcome, welcome to Chutzpah. I am so happy to be here. It is a beautiful spring day, and this is a Thursday, so I am ready for the weekend. Come on Friday. Let's go. I hope that you're happy wherever you are, but if you're not, don't look now. But I just called ahead and I ordered a giant pile of leaves to be delivered to your front door. Just the perfect pile of fall leaves that you can just fly that door open and launch yourself right into those things. Enjoy the smell of fall and let them tickle your toes as you laze about in the best pile of leaves. Maybe have a good nap. All right, enough of that nonsense. Put those markers down, folks. My guest is from Louisville, Kentucky. She is the owner and founder of Siscot Tea, a black-owned, woman-owned, queer tea business that is working to create a safe, sober, accessible, and accountable space in Louisville. She is also recently diagnosed with ADHD and is navigating the world of finding the right medication and learning more about herself. I met our guest today through a friend at Toza Soaps here in Louisville, and then a Google search, and then a handful of emails, and now she's here. So please welcome Ariel Clark to the show. Yay! Hello, hello. (laughs) Anything you want to add? Uh, No. Uh, Just a note that the ADHD is just the frosting on top of the multi-layered cake of my neurodivergence. (laughs) (laughs) I also have um, PTSD, generalized anxiety disorder, and major depressive disorder. So... Um, navigating all of that while also like maintaining a business and a full-time job and teaching part-time has been very interesting to say the least. Yeah. Sounds like you got to have a lot of chutzpah to do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I try. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's go ahead and dive into our first question, mm-hmm. which is what gives you confidence and how do you maintain that on a day-to-day basis? Oh gosh. <laughs> uh, what a multi-pronged question. Yeah. Um, I will say that it's very difficult to have confidence in a world that, well, in a nation, I will say, in a nation that historically was not built for black queer women. So Mm -hmm. I spent a lot of my life um, making myself as small as possible, people pleasing as much as possible, particularly pleasing um, white men as much as possible by being like that femme submissive, I will do anything for you, let me stay out of your way type of thing. And then I guess I'll say... (laughs) I started, like, reading Audre Lorde, like, in college, and then I was like, huh, I should come into my blackness. <laughs> and then I started, like, really getting into my blackness, and now it's not confidence, it's just a lack of, I don't really know how to say it. It's more like a, I'm very aware of the space I take up now, and I deserve to take up this space, and this world was not made for me, but I can still take up space. Um, yeah. In terms of having the confidence that I do now... Um, it's getting really positive feedback about Siscot Tea, about how much it's changing lives, how people are excited about it. Um, it is folks asking me to do podcasts and being like, wow, people actually want to hear what I want to talk about. Like, (laughs) that's wild. Um, and then, you know, teaching and having students come up to me and be like, thank you for an awesome semester. Thank you for getting it. Because my philosophy with teaching is there's no attendance policy because, you know, when you get into your your full-time job or, like, when you get out of college or something like that, when you go into the professional world, even though professionalism is rooted in arbitrary ideals, um, there's not really an attendance policy. There's not mm-hmm. like, oh, you missed twice and then I you're fired, you know. Right. It's like, you know, you are expected to come up and you come to your job and do your job, but if you're out sick, you're out sick, that's fine, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I don't do tests because we rarely take tests 
outside of our educational career. Um, the only time I have to sit and memorize information and I don't have access to it is when I do like certifications for my job. Mm-hmm. It's not like I sit at my desk and I turn to my coworker and I'm like, hey, Jacob, I need to know how to do. Wait, I can't talk to Jacob. I should know how to do this. No, I can like get on Google and ask mm-hmm. those types of things. Um, so there's that. If I do have a test, I make it like open book, open note, open person. Cause like you have resources around you. Why don't you use them? Right. You know, um, I believe in mental health days. I believe in taking sick days, things like that. Um, my confidence is rooted also in my blackness and my pride. Um, I think a lot about how many ancestors existed before me to make what I'm doing now possible. Mm -hmm. Um, There's this post that I read and it was like, it took two people to make you and it took two people each to make those two people. And you keep going back (laughs) and you hit like 1,024 people had to come together just to make you. And that's maybe three or four generations back. And so it's like, I don't even have to go that far, but over a thousand people worked hard and overcame, well, not overcame all these odds, but worked through the odds and worked with what they had to make way for what I do. And so Mm. I want to be that person as well. So yeah, my confidence comes from my blackness, my ancestors, um, folks wanting to talk to me wild, um, (laughs) and therapy, weekly therapy. Amen. Therapy is so great. It should be accessible for everyone. It should be completely and totally free. And quite frankly, sometimes I think it should be mandatory with everything going on in the world. So (laughs) what an idea that would just, Like, oh, you have to take a driver's test to have a driver's license so you can drive. You need to go to therapy before you can. I don't know what the what the condition would be, but you need to do at least like six months of therapy. And yeah, because everybody has trauma in some way. So but anyway, that's where I get my confidence from. (laughs) Just blew my mind. I love this. Right. It's, you know, hey, I also was thinking all those thousand people did not come together so that you could fret about taking a test mm-hmm. right right like, just absolutely to loop it back into your philosophy as as an educator absolutely right like they did all that work so that you could know how to use resources and be mm-hmm. the best person you can be right so, absolutely yeah. and i was talking to who was i talking to i can't remember who but we were talking about the education the educational system and i was like why do we put so much pressure on these students while they're in their academic career, like giving them super rigorous coursework and then, oh, do you have an internship? You need to join all of these registered student organizations. You need to do this and you need to do that and you need to pump up your resume. And if they choose to go to grad school, it's like super strenuous, super stressed out. We have grad programs that are like, you can't have a job or you'll fail out. We have professors in academic careers that say, you know, um, I'm here just to fail you or like the majority of people fail this class. And it's like, that's not a failure on your students. That's a failure on you. Like, why are you, it's like if I went to a job and they're like, my job, my role is to fire you eventually. It's like, why would I, why would I do that? And we put all this stress on them and our, I feel like our reasoning is, well, when they go out into the real world, they won't be nearly as stressed and they'll be prepared. That's (laughs) like if I have trauma in my past and that's like when people are like, well, the trauma made you who you are and aren't you a strong Mm. person? And I'm like, don't trivialize my trauma for one. For two, my trauma gave me anxiety and gave me trauma. So (laughs) my confidence and my like assertiveness came from my healing. Like, Mm -hmm. and that's not a direct result. Anyway, before I go on rants, (laughs) obviously the ADHD meds are wearing off, but you get the point. So yeah, um, thousands of people didn't come before me just... So I could be good at taking tests and like taking right. in information and spitting it back out at 
at will. Like yeah. um, one of the tests I had in high school was I had to name all the presidents in order of their presidency and even the repeats. And do I remember any of that? No. Mm-mm. Am I? Have I used it? No. Are other people going to use it? Absolutely. Am I? Right. Yeah. No. And then I can look that up. So yeah, Ugh, the resources though. Right. Um, so let's go ahead and move into, um, if you have a story of a time when you had some chutzpah, had some audacity, mm-hmm. um, I'm sure you've got plenty of them, but whichever mm-hmm. one you'd like to focus on today. The most recent, like, I won't say significant, but the one that pops out in my head that happened recently was, um, I'm a graduate of Bellarmine University here in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, I did my undergrad there from 2009 to 2013 and, you know, with Ciscot T growing in popularity and things like that, um, and me being a black queer woman that graduated from a mostly white, mostly straight, what are they, Catholic liberal yeah. arts yeah. university or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the official tagline. Um, they like to reach out for me to me for alumni stuff, which is mm. which is fine. Like that's totally sure. cool. I like to share my experiences. And they recently asked me to be on a panel about identity identity in the workplace or identity and professionalism in the workplace or something. And I was like, I'm ready. Let's do this. I'm going to rip this apart. (laughs) And so I, you know, I'm putting on my outfit and it's like a, it's like a dress um, that has like two slits, like that go up the thighs. And I was like, is this professional for fuck professionalism? (laughs) That's the point. And so like I wore the dress. And so, you know, we get on stage and it's two other panelists and (laughs) The question that made me go off the rails um, that I confidently answered was, what does professionalism in the workplace mean to you? And the first panelist was like, it means it means dressing for success and being on time, like those typical Mm -hmm. like professionalism answers. You know what I mean? The second person was like, it's about bringing your authentic self. It's about dressing for your day, which basically meant like if you have like client meetings all day, you dress in business casual, but if you're doing admin work all day, like coming in sweatpants and track pants and like stuff like that. (laughs) I, (laughs) and I'm like, like giggling this whole time because Mm -hmm. the person next to me, like it turns out we had connected in the past, like knows that I'm going to take this off the fucking rails. (laughs) And so he like pushes the mic over and I look at the crowd and I'm like, I'm going to go in a completely different direction. Professionalism is bullshit. It's rooted in arbitrary Eurocentric ideals of what professionalism means. It was made by old cishet white men in suits that are racist and sexist and ableist and homophobic. I said, I have had folks in my life who are non-binary who have to go to like business casual events Mm -hmm. and they have breakdowns because they can't find Mm -hmm. clothing that affirms their gender. Same with trans, same with like trans folks and things like that. Um, I know so many black people that have had to like mutilate or destroy their hair just to be taken seriously. And they're still not taken seriously because they're black. You know what I mean? Um, I used to have really long curly hair and I'd put like really strong chemicals in it to get Mm -hmm. it like straight, like European hair. And people still didn't take me seriously because I was black. And so I was like, I don't believe in professionalism as it is right now. It needs to be completely and totally reformed because it's very archaic. And (laughs) the black people in the room were like, yeah, you know, and then like the younger people, like the students and stuff were like, yeah. And then like the middle-aged people were like, okay, okay. And then like the older people were like, what? (laughs) And so um, with confidence, I firmly believe in that. And with confidence, I tell that to people who ask me about like professionalism and things like that. So um, 
even in these situations, like on podcasts and interviews, I'm super casual because I feel like professionalism as it is now can be very dividing. Um, Mm -hmm. I remember in my master's program at the University of Louisville, um, we, they would bring in like speakers. It wasn't my master's program. It was a, uh, entrepreneurship accelerator they would bring in speakers that were like ceos of million dollar companies Mm. and we're like having startups that we have like drawn out on napkins and there's just such this huge disconnect so anyway rant about professionalism how it causes a divide and it causes you to be unapproachable in the way that it is formed today but anyway that was when i had confidence was when i took that mic and i was like look at me look at me (laughs) i am the captain now and professionalism is garbage so yeah. Yeah. It's I think that's a great example of like someone has to say it, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, and ultimately I think one could argue that the way to be professional and to operate with professionalism is mm-hmm. to just be confident and right. say what needs to be said and do mm-hmm. like what is best for your group and to right. move forward and And it's yeah. also classist because like I I own a business which doesn't make me better than anyone else, but if I'm going into a business meeting regarding my business and you don't take me seriously because I'm not in a super uncomfortable suit jacket that was right. way too expensive, then <laughs> right. I don't what want are we you – Right. What are we doing? And I don't want you working with my business anyway because, mm-hmm. like, obviously how I present myself professionally, quote, unquote, um, my your acceptance of me is dependent on how I present. And professionalism right. is just like proximity to whiteness anyway. And so you want to see if I'm a palatable black person. Anyway, let me stop Oof. before I <laughs> before we move away from confidence and I move into well, my soapbox. So let's and I mean this might end up at a soapbox, but right. the next good thing I always like to ask is um so from that specific story of mm-hmm. like getting the mic and um setting everybody straight what did you learn from that moment or maybe some other moments Mm -hmm. and uh, how does that impact your like day-to-day life how do you continue to apply it so I kind of I sat back after I said it and I kept flipping back and forth between yeah and what have I done yeah (laughs) yeah like I looked at I looked at the moderator for the panel and she's like grinning from ear to ear I'm looking out the crowd and there are a few people that are like what and Mm -hmm. I'm like I think I have messed this up. Like I could have <laughs> lost business opportunities. I could have mm. lost like respect in the community, mm-hmm. but you know, I get, I get down from the podium and, um, well, the stage there was, there wasn't a podium for me. Ugh. And I get down from the stage and like folks are coming up, like, thank you so much. Like you get it. You understand. Like, you know, I've always agreed that professionalism is really problematic. And I had, Um, A couple of black women come up like I struggle with professionalism as it's described now because I feel like I have to meet all of these criteria and I'm still not taken seriously. And it was that feedback that made me so much more confident to carry the viewpoints that I have now about professionalism. Um, There have been other instances where I've gotten feedback and it has helped me stay strong in my convictions. Um, A lot of folks when Cisco T first started were like, um, why do you have to emphasize, emphasize that it's queer owned, LGBTQ owned, woman owned, black owned. And at first I was like, maybe I don't emphasize that, you know, but folks were coming up like, it's so nice to know a business that is owned by black owned, queer owned, woman owned. Yeah. And it's so nice to see someone in the community be so strong in their identities and be so proud of them. And so I was like, yeah, you're absolutely right. And, um, when I was first like building the business plan for Ciscot T. Um, and I was talking about like, this will be a safe space for black people, LGBTQ people, um, under underserved communities, all types of folks coming out the woodwork. Like, Mm -hmm. so if I'm straight, I can't come. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, 
oh my God, what I need to change the description. And then I was like, wait a minute. That's not, no, I'm not, no, 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 no. Y'all got plenty of places that you can go, like, and then a lot of people were like, well, does it have to be sober? You can serve, like, beer and wine. You'll lose a lot of money if you're sober. You won't make any alcohol sales. One, selling alcohol is very expensive. Two, okay, and? There's so many bars. We're literally in the (laughs) middle of bourbon country. Like, Mm -hmm. there's so many bars that are opening up every single day. There's so many restaurants that offer alcohol. And alcohol-free spaces are very, very rare in this city. And when I say alcohol-free, I don't mean just the drinks, but also, like, as a substance. So, like, a lot of household products have alcohol in them, like Mm. mouthwash Mm -hmm. and hand sanitizer and flavorings and extracts and things like that. So, anyway, sobriety is really important. But um, it's the feedback that I get that helps me stay strong in my convictions. And it's the support of underrepresented communities that helps me stand strong in my convictions and carry myself with confidence. So, and all the folks that want to talk to me, want to buy my products, want to do wholesale relationships with me, like, I guess I'm doing something right. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Can you talk real quick about how people can connect with Siskati? Uh, Yeah. So we have a website. It is www.sysgottky, that is S-I-S-T as in Tom, E-A-K-Y dot com. Um, There we have general information about the business, but we also have an online store. We have about 70 different blends of tea. We have branded merchandise. We have virtual gift cards. So all different types of things. We have tea for everybody from Um, The ones who enjoy super sweet things to the ones who are like, I want to drink something that tastes like the earth. We literally have it all. Um, We have things um, that are common, like an extra spicy chai blend all the way up to I have a I have an apple pie blend. I have a sweet potato pie blend. I have a banana pudding blend. And I'm actually working on a working on two blends, one for cats and one for dogs. So um, can you imagine like sitting down at the end of a long day, you curl up with a cup of tea and then you put down a little bowl for your cat or your dog (laughs) and they drink tea with you. The greatest vision. That's the greatest imagination thing I've ever had. Um, we also have Instagram and Facebook. Both of them are at sis.tky. That's S-I-S-T as in Tom, E-A-K-Y. And we post a lot of updates on Facebook and Instagram. So I suggest you follow us there. Yeah, I do. Always in the loop. Yay! <laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> and um, I correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. And again, this is something that we can cut if it's totally wrong. Totally if fine. you are a like business person or maybe mm-hmm. you're planning like a conference or something, can you get connected and be like, hey, we need like a blend for our oh, yeah. gathering? Absolutely. Yeah. We do custom blends um, for different occasions. I've done some for weddings. I've done for graduations. I've done for birthdays. Um, I've also done custom blends like specifically for businesses. Um, I've also do wholesale. So if you want to carry your blend, carry our blends in your retail store, if you want to brew them at your coffee shop or cafe, if you just want to offer like hot tea to clients in your office, we're more than happy to do that. I, those, those are the things I absolutely love to do. So yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's so perfect that, you know, any, there's so many different avenues to get connected with you all. Oh, absolutely. Um, I love when people can, can kind of plug themselves and we all get to know each other better. Mm -hmm. We're all over the city right now, which is blows my mind every single day. Like we're in Toza, Rainbow Blossom, all kinds of different places. So you're working on trying to get into a, a physical space, right? We are. Um, So you mentioned at the beginning during the intro that Siscott T is working to build a community space. So we are. We want to open our own cafe. Um, It's been 
a long journey because of like funding and COVID and space and like things available for lease versus things available to buy and all these different things. But yeah, we want to have the cafe open by the end of 2022 where we can be slinging tea and seeing your (laughs) shiny faces and offering resources in a space for underserved, underrepresented communities. So yeah. Nice. Can people, you can learn more about that on Instagram and oh, yeah. social media, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I just updated the GoFundMe today. So we do have Yay. a GoFundMe for the physical location if you choose to donate. Um, online store sales go to obviously running the business. And yeah, so. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, you all heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Get in touch with Siscott Tea and try them out. I know I've had the Toza blend. Oh, yeah. Which one? There's, I think they carry chai and plum ripple. So um, Probably the plum ripple. Whatever okay. one turns blue and is like 100% blue. Oh, maybe that wasn't a Siscott Tea. I was going to say I don't have maybe anything like that. Not. Oh, well, it turned blue and it was pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm I've, sure. So here's, here's my thing about competition. I am not trying to squash anybody or anything like that. I have a friend who owns a tea business. Mm. I want to say he's at Toza as well. Um, his brand is A Witch's Brew. I don't know if he's mm. there. Uh, but we like bounce ideas off of each other. Yeah. Like if he has a blend that I don't have, I'm going to push people over there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So no, I don't believe in the capitalist thought of like squish your right. competition be the biggest around it's like why you know what i mean right. like what's what's the point so that people can hate me i don't i don't get it <laughs> yeah. but uh yeah we i think t- at toza we have extra spicy chai and plum ripple right now the chai is a crowd favorite it's one of our mm-hmm. top sellers so yeah nice mm-hmm. i i feel that with like you're really just doing the thing that you enjoy and that you mm-hmm. set out to do and mm-hmm. obviously like you want it to be successful but that doesn't have to come at the cost of someone else absolutely and i've been i can relate to that with this show too of like i want this to be as successful Mm -hmm. as possible but the way that like you really do that is to get in touch with other people who are doing it right and to like talk about each other and support each other i've met so so many awesome people including you through siscott t it's been amazing Mm -hmm. it's been one of a kind absolutely wonderful beautiful so nice yeah Well, we'll go ahead and wrap things up. So thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. I'm so glad we got to chat. Mm -hmm. Um, So what did we learn here today? Uh, We learned that over a thousand people came together to make you. Yeah. Yeah. Just really think on that one. That's wild. And then I feel bad because I don't want kids and I'm like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. I'm like, oh, no. Somebody has to finish the line and it's not going to be me. So So I look at my older sister and I'm like. Yeah, there you go. Do you want to take one for the team? You want to take the L? And she's mm-hmm. like, not really. And then I look at my half-brother, and I'm like, eh? And mm-hmm. then he had two kids. I was like, I'm <gasps> off the hook. Done. And we also learned about Siscott T. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Ariel Clark, the owner and founder. So take care of yourselves, everyone. Um, also, don't forget that if you like this show, you might enjoy Dyslexics Untied, um, which is a podcast hosted by my boyfriend and Dr. Sean Apostle from Bellarmine University. Also, if you need stickers, you can still go to Squid Print and get 20% off your order when you mention chutzpah. So if you need those stickers, it's springtime. People are getting out there. Put stickers on your bikes, on your water bottles, everywhere. Um, Don't forget that our theme music is from a group called Crow Wonder, and the song is called Humbug. I'm Bridget Bard. Shalom. Shalom.